and the Squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, it's over. It is absolutely positively over for Joe Biden. This is it. Can't be the nominee. Everybody knows it. He knows it. Maybe he doesn't know it. Uh, Jill knows it. I'll tell you that. Uh, this, the latest thing with Maui getting that screwed up, not understanding, not knowing, being all weird. Uh, he can't withstand, uh, even a mild presidential campaign. He would screw this up even if, uh, he somehow could stay in the White House basement the entire time. It is over. And what they're working on right now, believe me, right now, it's not Gavin Newsom, the pretty boy. It's not Kamala Harris. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, they, that, that, that they know they can't fix. It is Michelle Obama in a big, big way. It's her. It's her. And, um, they think, well, they think a couple of things that are true, that she's going to be able to raise a hundred million dollars in about 12 minutes. Uh, money will come in like, like crazy for her. Like they've never seen before on the Democrat side, at least it'll be, uh, they'll try to say this is the most seismic thing that ever happened to black woman. It's beautiful. It's great. It's Obama. It's all this stuff. It's, uh, and they also will have the sneaking suspicion that it's going to make the Republican nominee somehow, um, inhibited, somehow maybe they may have their hands tied when it comes to, uh, taking on Michelle Obama. Uh, well, why, why would they think that? I mean, uh, well, um, you know, she's got like icon status, right? Icon. She's a, she's an icon. She's not just a person. She is Michelle and she became Michelle. Remember, she wrote a book, Becoming Michelle, Becoming Me. <laughs> it's a little bit much. This is a person who can go to the Barclays Center, charge everybody, uh, a hundred to 250, sometimes 800 bucks a pop to be there to listen to her, not tell jokes, not sing, not play an instrument. Not roller skate, not shoot basketball hoops, uh, to talk about herself, lame stories about herself. I mean, very lame stories. She's a very ordinary person. There's nothing really interesting or special about her. Uh, she had nothing in her life suggests that she could or should be president of the United States. But in this uh, totally backwards, uh, dopey moment, um, yeah, a person like her fits right in. And it is a backwards, dopey moment, isn't it? It's totally yeah. the one thing I always point to. And it's if you ever feel like you're out of sync or you're out of. Uh, no, it's not you. It's the world. All right. You're fine. You're normal. The world is insane. And if you want proof, uh, just look at the picture. I call it the monster picture. And you can find one for yourself. There's one that I, I, I think of in my mind's eye. I've seen it. I show it sometimes. I call it the monster picture because it has a a big, ugly drag queen sitting in a chair reading a book to what looks like a nine-year-old child, nine-year-old boy. The left thinks this is beautiful. The left thinks this is a civil right. Now, I think, and you think, it's child abuse, and it's perverted, right? We're right. They're wrong. I mean, there's no way to possibly justify this, none. But that's where the Democrat Party is right now, right? So it's not you, it's them. It's not me, it's, 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 it's not us, okay? Uh, anyway, so Michelle is gonna walk into all that. They think it's gonna be hard for somebody. Do they think Trump is gonna hold back on Michelle Obama? No way. I remember before, I do not, she is the worst woman. I mean, she, he went off on her for failing the veterans, a bunch of other things. She made up a fake charge that Obama 
was endangered. The Michelle Obama's daughters were endangered by Donald Trump. Yeah, because uh, Donald Trump asked what now look seemed to me very valid questions. They've been answered. They've been answered, but valid questions about his origin. You know, where the hell did this guy come from? An overnight sensation. Why him? Who is he? And you know who kept this alive? Well, first it was Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton and Sidney Blumenthal, they, they, they actually, it's not a conspiracy theory. They did some research. They're like, wait a second, where did he come from? Was it Kenya? Was it this? And, uh, they looked into it and they actually told all their friendly reporters about that story. It was, it originated with her. And a lot of people were kind of like, well, you know, usually a president of the United States is like well known for many decades before they're considered eligible for the great big top job, right? I mean, look at it, uh, looking through history, uh, the recent history even. Um, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, 20 years before he became governor, was uh, given the keynote address at the Democrat convention. He blew it, by the way. He was terrible. Um, he was a, a boy governor, elected in the 1970s. He was, uh, who was before him? Um, George H.W. Bush had every job imaginable, was in politics for decades. Same goes for Ronald Reagan. We all, I mean, and on and on and on. These people had public records. Obama, not so much. Kind of came in from literally left field. Now, I do believe he was born in uh, Hawaii. However, um, the Obama campaign wanted us to not really understand that or not think that. They were playing a game. They were playing a game with the uh, birth certificate. They thought that, okay, they're going to sound crazy if they doubt that. So we're going to put out a birth certificate that establishes residence or establishes his birth in Hawaii, but it wasn't the real birth certificate. And they knew that. And they knew that. They put out a fake birth certificate to keep the conspiracy theory going because they thought it helped him somehow. And may have. It may have helped him. I don't know. But I know this. He has no he had no business being president. None. None. If you have to get to the presidency based on your personal story, this is all fair game. He was not elected because of those two years, those two measly years in the U.S. Senate. It was all about dreams from my father, dreams of my father. You know, he was a goat herder. I have a funny name. I went to Chicago once. I uh, went to law school. Uh, I, they did a profile of me in People Magazine in 1994. You know, just trivial stuff, trivial nonsense. That's why he became the president, and that's why they think Michelle can become the president. And somehow, a guy like Donald Trump, yeah, Donald Trump is going to hold back. He's not. A conventional candidate, a conventional Republican, most likely would, especially, especially if that traditional Republican is a white male, not Trump. Because a lot of people, a lot of people with status and power and privilege, no matter what their race, got some very strange hangups when it comes to, uh, when it comes to that stuff. You know? You know? All right. So where the heck are we? I want to do this. I want to play you. Uh, no, we did that yesterday. We already talked to Rudy Giuliani. Can you believe what he's going through? Can you believe it? But I love that his attitude is, uh, well, he's on fire right now. He's totally on fire. He's ready for the fight. They're messing with the wrong uh, guy, the wrong Marine, even though he's not technically a Marine. He's an honorary Marine. Hey, the other thing is this. Uh, thank you to President Trump, who, guess what? He just uh, he just truth socialed me. He put me on truth social. I was talking about Mike Pence last night. I mean, the worst guy in the world. Sorry, but he has no business uh, running for president. Uh, he's wooden. He's weird. Everybody can see it now. 
that may have worked when you're the number two guy. You know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep a low profile here and uh, and maintain my dignity. But now he's number one. Now he's like, okay, look at me. I'm looking at you, Mike Pence, and you can't handle a question like this, point blank question. You were his vice president. Listen to what he does here. And we all hear the question, and he pretends we're stupid. Cut 27, please. Cut 27. You're, you're very careful in what you talk about, whether Donald Trump's a nominee, whether you can support him again. If, he, if you thought he violated the Constitution, how can you support Donald Trump again for president? Well, well uh, Chuck, what I've said is I'm happy to meet the criteria uh, for the upcoming Republican presidential debates. I'm incredibly proud that more than 40,000 Americans in just nine weeks have uh, supported our campaign and made it possible. The question wasn't about that. He thinks we're stupid. We can't hear the question. I've heard of sticking on message and talking points. There's a time and a place for talking points. And I've heard the advice before. You know, no matter what the question is, say this. Go to your message. But you have to acknowledge that the question was asked. You know? Yeah, you could, it's easy. You know, we'll, we'll call, we'll cross that bridge when, when we come to it. I, I'm not, I'm not prepared to make my endorsement. I can't think of voting for any, any Democrat ever. So I, you know, say something. I mean, unless you're totally done with Trump and I guess you are, but then say it, just come out and say it. No, I, I couldn't. I mean, you'd get some news and that's what you need right now. Barely made the debate. Did he really make the debate? Uh, I don't think so. So Trump put this on his true social, but the whole thing. Um, let's see here. I quote, do you got the book quote ready? The book, he, I, I used audio from his own book. I used audio from his own book. Um, Chuck Todd asked a question that he does not answer. This question is important. Okay. This is this past weekend. And oh, by the way, he doesn't ask one question. The national security advisor to Mike Pence just endorsed Trump and said, I can't support Mike Pence because he's not decisive and he's not a leader. And the fake news won't go there. Why? Because he's willing to play ball on this attack Trump stuff. So he's a real friend of the fake news. Remember that. All right. So where's the question? I want the question from Chuck about the book. He says something that the question from Chuck about the book. We don't have it. All right. Well, I don't want. All right. All right. So let me let me read this to you. Um, this is in the book. I'm reading from Mike Pence's book right now. Parliamentarian of the Senate, Elizabeth McDonough, to discuss the procedures, the upcoming joint session on January 6th. She told me that Congress always receives miscellaneous slates of electors every four years. That those are the words of Mike Pence right there. Those are the words of Mike Pence. That's important. She always receives miscellaneous slates of electors every four years. Now we have prosecutors running around the country saying that, uh, alternate slates of electors are a violation to the Constitution, are a threat to democracy. They're submitted routinely every four years. Now, Mike Pence has a perfect opportunity on the Sunday show to straighten everybody out. Listen to this. In your book, you said this. I asked her a direct question referring to the Senate parliamentarian. Are there any alternate electors from any state? She told me there were not. I mentioned that I had heard that some alternate electors had been sent from several of the disputed states. So this was on January 3rd. Um, what can you tell us about what you knew about this elector scheme on January 3rd that prompted you to ask this question? So like the earlier questions, he doesn't say a damn thing in answering the question. And he should have said what I know because I read his book. First, it was John Loro, the attorney. He said all of the evidence, all of the stuff in Mike Pence's book, which I guess he didn't write, what happens is 
you sit down with somebody and they interview you. You, you, you have a ghostwriter. A lot of these guys use ghostwriters. And they talk to you and they talk to you and you, and they find themselves like telling them the truth. You know, telling them stuff. And then, oh, no, that's, that, that's off the record. Don't, you, you can use this, but not that. Well, they start to forget. And they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So do we have his book quote? All right. I got the audio book. What I just read, now we have it in Mike Pence's own words from that audio book. Go ahead. I met with the parliamentarian of the Senate, Elizabeth McDonough, to discuss the procedures for the upcoming joint session on January 6th. She told me that Congress always receives miscellaneous slates of electors every four years. That's right there. Now, he did not say that. He's not been saying that. Nobody's been saying that. No one. They don't want anybody else to know that. They think that they want everybody to think that another slate of electors is somehow a threat to democracy. It's not. It's called politics. Politics. It's been happening for decades, routinely. And he could have straightened it out, just like he could have straightened it out on January 4th. So anyway, I uh, I make this case. I put it online. You can find it online. And Trump sees it. Donald Trump sees it. And he puts the whole thing on uh, on his true social, which I just joined. It's actually not that hard to join. I yeah, one more password and uh, one more login, and you had to use the dollar signs and the uppercase and the lowercase and all that stuff. But it really wasn't that hard. So I'm on True Social now. Now I got to start truthing and putting stuff out. But hey, um, I like it, huh? President Trump is watching. He's listening, and um, he's gonna win. I feel it. Do you? We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Very sad to hear my beloved NYPD is in such chaos and disarray. Um, I'll have more to say in the days ahead, but I'm hearing some very disturbing things. We all, it's, uh, it's so tough to be a cop right now. And, uh, one thing, well, very poor leadership and inconsistent leadership. We are on the verge now, uh, what is this, the fifth or sixth police commissioner in nine years. That kind of turnover is that's going to have a real negative impact on strictly management. You, you throw the whole woke agenda uh, from de Blasio and, yeah, from um, Eric Adams. Not so much woke. It's more of an Eric Adams agenda. You know, this friend goes there. Uh, my buddy goes here. My cousin goes there. You know, hooking people up uh, with jobs, people he likes as opposed to people who can do the job. He doesn't care about that stuff. And remember, never forget about this guy. He's a dummy. He's from New Jersey, and he's a total racist, all right? that's uh, <laughs> Those are the basic ingredients of the mayor of the city of New York right now. It's a shame, but that's what you get when you have uh, primary day and you don't tell anybody about it. You have it on the last day of school, uh, so nobody shows up and votes, and uh, you, you basically rig the election. You know, it's de facto rigged, uh, so they get the result they want, a, uh, a Democrat. And ranked choice voting, you can <laughs> you can have that. Try anybody explaining ranked choice voting. What a scam that turned out to be, huh? Eight million people live in this city. Eight million. Eight million plus. And how many votes? How many votes made Eric Adams the mayor? Guess. Guess. 200,000. 200,000 votes on on, on primary day made Eric Adams the de facto next mayor of the city and then the real mayor of the city. And what did he do when he got the nomination? He went to Africa. That's how serious he took his... uh, Impending responsibilities. And then, oh, well, I'm the mayor. I got to come up with a plan. So he, he went to some sixth grade classroom and asked the kids a couple of questions and then asked them to actually put the report together. And the teacher helped and, you know, had access to a, a computer 
and they printed it up and, uh, and there's the plan. Um, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. What's going to happen next? We'll see. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, um, hey, Ron DeSantis is now falling to third place. It's really wild. You know, the poll yesterday I showed Trump has had 57%. 57%. The Democrats, they can't. I'm talking about the ones, you know, who are really running the show, the ones who concocted this crazy plan. We'll arrest him. We'll arrest him. We'll charge him. Uh, the, 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 The law and order party, there's no way they can, they can, they can stand behind Trump. Well, we know exactly what's going on. We know this is a scam. We see right through it. So we're standing with Trump. In fact, many people who weren't are now. So, and poor Ron DeSantis, he's going to do real lasting long-term damage um, to his career. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I knew he was bad and I knew he needed work, but I always said, you know, yeah, he'll be ready in 2028. He'll be ready in 2032. Uh, I think we're all kind of just, you know, you know, no, no. There are lots of governors in, in America. Why did they choose him, by the way? He's not the only young governor out there. I mean, was it real? I, I don't know. I mean, didn't they, you know, I guess what they should do, the donors should do is like audition somebody, right? You put them in a room full of people, you know, some hecklers and, and see what happens, you know, or just somebody comes up and asks them, asks them appointed questions. Hey, why don't you take any questions from that guy? What do you mean? I just did. Are you blind? Are you, are you, what, what's the matter with you? Are you blind? <laughs> you, you, no, it's just not done. So Vivek Ramaswamy is now taking over the second place position. Vivek, I guess we got to get, you know, we, hey, by the way, his name is Vivek, not Vivek. Everybody in the world mispronounces the name. How do I know that? I asked him. (laughs) I said, your name is a little bit unusual. How do we pronounce it? He said, I'm glad you asked. It's Vivek. And uh, the guy is impressing the hell out of people. I think he's impressing Trump, too. And uh, a very key moment just happened on Fox News right after the break. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. He's having what's called a breakthrough moment. Uh, he's just breaking through. People um, are talking to me about it. I'm watching the conversation unfold. There's something different. There's something happening. This guy is breaking through. And it's being noticed in a big way by people and by the political class and by the donors. Now, listen. Trump is going to win the nomination, and I want him to win the nomination. But this guy has a huge future. I think he could help Trump. He is the only person out there right now, declared candidate for president, who has no one has supported Trump like he has. And no one has spoken out about the atrocity of these phony prosecutions as uh, Vivek Ramatswamy, an incredibly talented and articulate guy. Uh, and very successful. He's uh, He has every right to be on that stage. Every right. I mean, because he's led an extraordinary life. And he's got an extraordinary brain. So, um, you know, he made like a billion dollars in the healthcare industry. He did this startup. He did that startup. Venture capital. All kinds of things. Uh, and he went to all the right schools and all that stuff. But a lot of people went to all the right schools. But uh, he parlayed that into a lot of money. And he's a thoughtful guy. He wrote a bestseller about uh, Woke America, Woke Inc. Look. I mean, you know, is this the ideal president in terms of, you know, I used to have my own version. You know, he needs to have some military experience and then he needs to have worked in the legislative branch and then followed by a stint in the executive branch, followed by privates. No, it doesn't work. You know, I mean, I don't get the we don't get to design these guys anymore. It's going to be Trump, um, who I think is 
really the kind of leader they had, the founding fathers had in mind, somebody like that, citizen statesman. And then this guy could be ready in 2028 or who knows, vice president to Donald Trump. I'm serious. I think this could. All right. So he goes on Neil Cavuto, who's a total Trump hater. He's a total nice guy and an expert in all stuff finance. And I, I like Neil in many ways, but when it comes to Trump, he's a, I think he's got some Trump derangement. Anyway, he tries to uh, pull a fast one here. I hear on, uh, on Vivek Ramaswamy, who comes to WABC rather routinely. He's, uh, he's been right here in this studio. He'll be back, uh, he'll be back soon, I think in two weeks. Let's hear it. I, I, I can understand that, but there are 91 criminal charges in all, Vivek, as you're aware, over four criminal cases. They, they can't all be politicized, can they? I mean, there's something that the former president must have done in any one of these that struck you as wrong, if not illegal. I think, Neil, just because the government has brought a case, if we're going to be a culture that now starts to say there must be something wrong, if the government has charged 91 counts, I think that's a gov- that's a people of sheep. And when the people behave like sheep, that breeds a government of wolves. Well, you don't think there's that's the anything, reality. anything so, no, in I this case, Vivek, you don't think there's anything in this case that, that shows or even strongly hints of the former president trying to reverse that Georgia, that Georgia contest? Neil, you know, I've had this conversation before. There is a difference between a bad judgment and an illegal act. And I view this indictment in the context of, as you put it, three other independent indictments. The first one beginning in New York for a novel election and and campaign contribution theory to one that has a novel theory of interpreting the Presidential Records Act to a novel theory of attorney-client relationships. When you have a series of novel legal theories that are used to indict a prior U.S. president and a sitting candidate in the middle of an election, I just don't think that's good for the country. I'm in this to lead our nation forward, not to be a political commentator or legal analyst on a series of legal cases. But what I will say as a candidate in this race is that I do not think it is good for our country to set this precedent. He is good. You know, people are comparing him to Pete Buttigieg. Remember that? The Secretary Pete. When Pete would speak, you know, he would speak in a way that it would impress the sophisticated people and they would come away with the message. Wow, that guy seems really smart. This guy, it's not like you're Mark. He moves you. He makes you think. He's actually, it's on the, the merits, the arguments. He's persuasive. The other guy was just slick. You know what I mean? Look at me. I'm smart. This guy is actually moving the needle on the conversation in a very real, powerful, beautiful way. Um, how old is he again? 37 years old? It's amazing. Um, we have another one, please. Go ahead. Good evening, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. I live in the Woodlawn neighborhood in Chicago, where an elementary school closed by the city years ago is now being used to house migrants. The community has experienced migrants' assaults, vandalism of personal property, and the police seem unwilling to deal with this concern. You have commented to use the U.S. military on the border to curb this, how will you respond if Congress is opposed to this course of action? Which high school or which school? Wadsworth Elementary. Wadsworth, okay. You know what that reminds me of a little bit? That's a little bit Bill Clinton. Tell, tell, tell me your mom's name again. It's, it's, but I'm not accusing Vivek of being funny, but he's like, uh, let me, let me, what did you say? How many hours away? How many hours a week are you working right now? Oh man, that's a shame. All right, keep going. School. Also here in Chicago, the same things happening over there. By the way, I went to the south side of Chicago, what, just a couple of months ago. Not a very popular stop on the Republican campaign trail, I'll say. But I'm glad I went there. Because 
People in that community are asking the same question that I'd be asking in their shoes. I am asking now. Why are illegal migrants who break the law to come here being housed at a high school at the cost of $7,000 per migrant per month when we're not doing very much for that community right here at home? So, yes, I believe the wall has been insufficient. I do think we need to finish building the wall, but it's not enough. They're building cartel-financed tunnels underneath that wall, bringing fentanyl, illegal migrants, criminals into this country daily by the thousands. So, yes, I've said that I will use the military to protect not an invasion across somebody else's border halfway around the world, but to protect against the invasion, increasingly even the armed invasion, cartel gunmen included, across our own southern border. I believe I will do this as the commander-in-chief without asking Congress either for permission or for forgiveness, because I'm the commander-in-chief and I will station our troops, not in places by the tens of thousands like we have in Germany today or in other parts of the world where they're not really doing much of great use. And the young men and women in our military, they will and should be proud of protecting our nation right here at home. That's my modern foreign policy, a modern Monroe Doctrine which says that you do not mess with the United States of America on our own home turf or in the Western Hemisphere. And if you do, and China is doing it, it's Chinese-made fentanyl through the synthetic materials that the drug cartels are using to make fentanyl that they're pumping across our southern border. No, you don't mess with us here. We will defend. And I think our national defense has been skewed for the last 20 years, going and playing offense, fighting somebody else's war. Under my watch, our national defense spending will once again go towards defense of the homeland, protecting our citizens right here at home. Corey, I see you smiling. You think is that freaking great or what? Is that fantastic? Is that fantastic? Huh? <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, this is somebody who gets it. This is somebody who is in American power. He understands power. He wants to use it. Um, and meanwhile... <laughs> Who who's the experienced politician? That guy or this one you're about to hear? Keep in mind the next person served a whole bunch of terms in the House of Representatives. Uh he was governor of a state and vice president of the United States. Look at how n- not adroit he is. This is uh go ahead with the pen stuff. You're you're very careful in what you talk about whether Donald Trump's a nominee, whether you can support him again. If he if you thought he violated the Constitution, how can you support Donald Trump again for president? Well, well, uh, Chuck, what I've said is I'm happy to meet the criteria uh, for the upcoming Republican presidential debate. You can't even handle a question like this. You can't handle that. You think we didn't see what you were asked? Vivek. Well, how would Vivek have handled that? I don't know. He probably would have quoted Plato and Gandhi and. 17 other guys, and do it in not a pedantic way, in a very kind of street-smart, direct kind of way. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, we got to get him with Trump. I think this guy could be the uh, could be the number two. Where is he from? I think he's registered to vote in Ohio. Why is that important? Well, uh, why is that important? Oh, yeah, the Constitution says you can't be from the same state. For some screwy reason, you can't be from the same uh, state. I don't know why they have that, but they have that. Um, Steve in Brooklyn, yeah. No, the other hey. Steve, the Steve in Brooklyn. Hello. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> I want to take you up again on. Uh, well, you mentioned Michelle. I've been seeing this come along all the way. 
I think they they want her to be acclaimed by universal acclaim at the Democratic National Convention. They don't want her slogging through the primaries, hurting her voice. And there's three things that they have cleverly solved. The question of term limits, the question of campaign finance law, and also the thing you just mentioned about uh, vice president and, and president from the same state. First of all, Barack Obama went on this tear of lectures at uh, dinners and circuits. That's income. That's not subject to campaign finance laws, and they've accumulated nearly a billion dollars. So they can use that because it's their personal wealth, not campaign donations. Well, no, actually, you gotta, even when you use, you can use your personal wealth, but you gotta, you actually have to set up an entity and you, it, that, that, that money is monitored. You pay yourself. Uh, but wait, you're saying that she's not gonna get in until the convention? No, here's what I think. I think she wants to be the presidential campaign. And there's nothing that prevents Barack from being her vice president. No, 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 no. That's ludicrous. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Nobody would. It's it's going to be a bit of a stretch. It's going to be a big stretch for me and you for Michelle. But they're not going to. They're going to take what they would what, what, a nov, something so uh, novel and put him as vice president. No, and believe me, he wants time away from Michelle. All right, he won. I mean, I guess he could do that as vice president. That's insane, dude. Everything else you said is smart. That's not smart. John Quincy Adams was president and after No, I mean, I, no 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 no. It's just not going to happen. It's not it's not. But I've been saying this for Well, actually, finish your thought. What did Massachusetts? What? And Barack wants to be in. What difference does it make which He's one already in. He's already running the show. He's running the show. There's not there that that that's not going. I mean, no. I mean, I'm sorry. You're often that's crazy. Let me ask you one more thing. Actually, I'm going to ask the other Stephen in Virginia. Yes, Stephen. Yeah. Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Mm-hmm. Hello? You're on the air? Yes. Go ahead, Greg. Mm, I know. Hey, Stephen, I'm going to put you on hold. All right? I've got to put you back on hold. All right? Hold on. What's going on with this one? Hmm. Uh, Joe in Mount Sinai. Good afternoon, Greg. Uh, I say bring Michelle Obama on. She once said that she thought people thought of her as an angry black woman. Well, we all think of her as an angry person, and only only a small percentage of people are going to kiss up to her. Everybody sees her for what she is, the last angry Negro. Oh, stop and it, jerk. Like, Come on, give me a br- no, No, Joe, stop it. Stop it. Go away. Please don't call back. Goodbye. Um... Uh, yikes, 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 yikes. I know that's not the N-word, but it's a nasty... I mean, I, I, I don't like you talking like that. I don't like anybody talking like that. Um, uh, all right, we don't want to leave on that note, do we? Well, I want to try one of you. Uh, Cassandra, you'll say something not racist. Hello. Hi, Greg. I wanted to say to you that I'm at my mother's house in Brooklyn today. We sold the house to a patriot last week. He's a Republican. In fact, he came to your book event, and that's how I knew this man would be right to live in my mother's house. But in the house today, I found some writings. You know, she used to call into the radio a lot, as you know. So I found this. <clears throat> I thought it was kind of funny. She writes, I don't trust Bob Woodward. I don't trust anyone's judgment who says Trump is not good for the job and Biden is. If he says both not good, okay. But certainly Biden is half dead, an empty suit. I know 
He's on the telegraph, whatever that's in the teleprompter. I want him to stop. He's awful. And his teeth are repulsive. Is that not funny? Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true. It's true. It's funny. His teeth are gleaming white and straight, but somehow they're repulsive. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Because they're so, but, I mean, and then when he smiles, it's like a fake smile. It's like a mean smile. Like he's showing his fangs somehow. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a threatening, it's a threatening, weird smile. You're right. Those teeth are, are creepy. And I've seen people with false teeth or veneers or whatever. They can look very nice. You don't want them too white, though. You got to do a little bit yellow, a little bit, a tinge of yellow, a little bit of yellow in the white makes it just right. Uh, I've uh, I've had my teeth whitened once or twice. Um, it's a real pain in the neck, and it hurts, and it hurts. Uh, I'd really rather have yellow teeth. I mean, dark. I, uh, yeah, it's a very painful experience for me. Not everybody uh, has a problem with it. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I'm a little bit confused about Hawaii. A lot of different things going on there. Um, my, my confusion is nothing, though, compared to uh, Joe Biden's here. Um, uh, let's see. Cut one, please. But I got to talk a little bit about Hawaii. I've been on the phone with the governor coming up here and the senators. And, uh, and let, let me say, address that devastating wildfires, some of which are still burning in Hawaii. They've claimed the lives of 99 people so far, and they haven't cleaned things up yet. The deadliest wildfire in more than 100 years. A whole city destroyed. Generations of native Hawaiian history turned into ruin. I've spoken to Governor Josh Green multiple times, and Reassured him the state will have everything it needs from the federal government. I immediately approved the governor's request for expedited major disaster declaration. That's a fancy word of saying whatever you need, you're going to get. And that will get aid into the hands of people who desperately need it, who have lost their loved ones. Now, keep in mind, he had to be basically bullied into making this statement. Uh, All that time on vacation, um, refused mumbled stuff, walked by the press as he was on his way to the helicopter. I just, it's all about him, the vacation, not going to break his stride, not going to break his stride, not going to break a sweat uh, when you're supposed to. Um, <laughs> this is 101 stuff for the presidency. I put together a, a, a whole big clip of other presidents just handling this stuff the way, you know, it's pretty simple. It's you just go out there and, you know, you talk about FEMA and, you know, the federal government uh, providing whatever resources are necessary to deal with this. Um, couldn't even muster that. And then I think he gets confused. Maui and Hawaii. Let's see. Let's uh, try cut two, please. Cut two. And think about this. All that area they got to plow up. They can't do it now because they don't know how many bodies are there. They don't know what's left. Imagine being a mom or dad. Oh, just you now you're being your gross and gruesome and weird. Now you're being gross and gruesome and weird. Um, so my comments about this are, I don't know if we know how the fire started. I don't think we've gotten definitive word. You saw that. You saw the 
cars just incinerated and fried. You saw that. I saw that. I also saw that the roads somehow, uh, no trace of fire. Some trees uh, did not burn, but all the structures burned. It's weird. And I think it's okay to ask questions, just like it was okay to ask questions about the COVID virus, right? Oh, no, it wasn't. We couldn't ask those questions. You could not, certainly not on social media, Facebook, Twitter. You were banned. You were shadow banned. You were you know, chased out of a polite society. Well, um, all of us were right. They're wrong. And some of us have a few questions about this, too. You know, a couple of weeks ago, um, I don't believe in UFOs. I mean, I know they're ide- unidentified flying objects. I don't think they came from another planet. I don't think that. Uh, as Buzz Aldrin once told me, man who walked on the moon, there's probably extraterrestrial life out there somewhere, but we'll never know. It's too damn far away. Uh, so I don't think they're coming here. Uh, but I know a big chunk of the government doesn't know what another chunk of the government is up to. And they're clearly experimenting with all kinds of hardware that we can't fathom. And did something, was there an accident of some kind that could have led to this uh, disaster? I, it's conceivable. A lot of things are conceivable. Don't you think? I mean, <laughs> it's quite possible that President Xi unleashed a virus to... uh Help prevent Donald Trump from being reelected. That's not crazy conspiracy theory stuff. It's not. You know, I mean, the people at the New York Times could roll their eyes and oh, <laughs> I had Laura Trump on. I talked to Laura Trump not too long ago, the daughter-in-law of President Trump. And I found this interview in, with Jake Tapper, and she says two things. You know, we know the Bidens are getting money from China. I mean, it's so obvious. And she goes, Jake Tapper shakes his head in disbelief. I, I, I don't, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. This is crazy talk. He just shakes his head in that pompous way. Well, fast forward three years. I mean, we knew it then. It was obvious. Now we have incontrovertible proof from, well, the Treasury Department, um, vis-a-vis or via the House Oversight Committee and the suspicious activity reports. And then finally, we have it from. Hunter Biden's own attorneys that, yeah, they made hundreds of thousands of dollars. At least this is what they're owning up to from China. Much, much more. Hunter Biden's lawyer said it. We made money in China, but it was good faith seed money. And we, yeah, we shared it with his grandkids and his girlfriend and his ex-wife because uh, they were sharing expenses at the time. It doesn't pass the straight face test. It's not a... A reasonable person would not buy that. All right. It's, uh, it's money for, it's not good faith money. And Joe Biden denied out loud to the world that anybody in his family was making money from China. He did that in a 2020 debate and they tried to make Donald Trump look like a maniac for saying that. The other thing Laura Trump said, uh, she thinks that, and this is back in 2020, that Joe Biden was obviously showing signs of dementia. And then Jake Tapper cuts the interview short. How dare you? How dare you say that? He he is a stutter. Everybody knows he has a stutter. Just like, I never heard that. I never heard. And he doesn't have a stutter. It's a lie that he invented to make him a more sympathetic figure. Lara Trump, right, as usual, ahead of time. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The videos are all over the place. Democrats questioning elections um, like crazy about President Trump. I mean, everybody from Hillary Clinton to Johnny Depp saying he's an illegitimate president. The Russians elected him. He didn't get more votes. Uh, all that stuff. Um, and <laughs> the hypocrisy. I mean, you know, I, I don't. The clips, you've probably seen them a million times. Maybe I should get some just to. I mean, they're kind of fun to listen to. And it is breathtaking. 
the hypocrisy and that Donald Trump would have the nerve to question election results, which is, I think, given everything he knew, his duty or everything he suspected, his absolute duty to raise questions, especially in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, too, and Arizona. Yes, the whole damned election. This is still America. And I know, don't worry, don't call the FBI. Joe Biden's the president. He's going to be the president until they tell him to resign. (laughs) And I think that's coming. I think that's coming very, very, very soon. But what about Russian interference? You know, I am so sick of hearing about that. Because two things. How much money do you think? Russia did try to influence the election. They did. And you know how they tried to do it? By writing a check. You know how much money they spent trying to influence the election? Are you ready for this? $180,000. That's how much money the Internet Research Group spent on information operations starting in 2014. Oh, by the way, 2014. 2014. What was going on in 2014? (laughs) Donald Trump was not a candidate, nor was he anticipated to be a candidate in the 2016 election. Uh, why would they do that? Well, they do it every single election. Every single election since like 1952. The Soviet, the then Soviet Union had a preferred candidate and they do, they would do big things and small things. They would do whatever they could to help that candidate. Sometimes the candidate even knew about the preference. Hubert Humphrey, who was he? He was a big shot from Minnesota. Far left liberal senator, and um, and then he became vice president to Lyndon Johnson. He was running for the Russians wanted to help him because they hated Richard Nixon, and they actually approached Hubert Humphrey, and he said, "Oh, thanks anyway. I got to do this on my own because he knew that uh, if they found out that he somehow gave them the green light, that would be very very bad. You can't do that." But he knew behind the scenes they were doing stuff to help him. They did it in 1972. They were still sick of Nixon. They did it in 1980, especially. You think they just sat there on their hands and watched Ronald Reagan get elected? They loved the state of the world with Jimmy Carter in office. They invaded Afghanistan. No questions asked. It was great. What did we do? We canceled the Olympics. We're not going to the Olympics. So what? We got Afghanistan for the next two decades. Lots of luck with that. Oh, by the way, that did not work out well for them. But uh, they did not want Ronald Reagan. So they were uh, doing all kinds of uh, uh, black door. What do they call it? Backdoor jobs, uh, information operations, the October surprise. They were all over it. And there's not too much you can do, actually, as a foreign operator. You can, you know, you can try. You can uh, buy a newspaper ad. You can buy off a reporter to write a nasty story or two. But there's not that much you really can do. But you do what you can do. And they've done what they've done for decades, including, yeah, 2016, 2014, 2015, 2016. And it was $180,000. Where did I get that figure? From the Mueller report. From the Robert Mueller, that FBI guy, he actually wrote it in the Mueller report like it was an earth-shattering number. He just Because the little guys, they'd come in there and they'd fool them. They'd fool them. Like, do you realize with <clears throat> the Facebook impressions – this negative ad from the Russians about Hillary Clinton received 50 million impressions or 120 million impressions. Yeah, but you post anything on the Internet, anything. That sounds like a big number if you're not, like, involved in the Internet 
world. Here, for instance, I posted a tweet about Fred Flintstone breakfast treats. If you hear Fred Flintstone breakfast treats, they actually make them. Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles, uh, Flintstones breakfast bars. And <clears throat> I once had some of them and I liked them, but I liked them too much and I ate too many. So I kind of vented in a tweet about these silly breakfast bars. And uh, you know how many impressions that tweet got? 25 million impressions. It means 25 million people either saw it, um, interacted with it, you know, did something with that tweet. 25 million. So to a guy uh, like Robert Mueller, who is, all due respect, a little over the hill, never used a computer, a bit of a techno-phobe, it's one of the reasons why they totally botched the installation of the new computer equipment at the FBI because he had no clue. Doesn't matter how old you are, but you got to have a you know an open mind, and he had a closed mind. So they fooled him. They fooled him. The the the, the techies and the lawyers and the haters in there, like Weissman, said, "You realize that they they actually received a hundred and seventy five million impressions off of this one. Like that sounds like it's a big deal. No, that's how the internet works." And did I impact the sale of uh, Fred Flintstone stuff? No. No. You can be on the Internet all day long, and people will yell, scream at stuff you say, right? The moment you tell them to buy something, <laughs> dead silence. I mean, it, it doesn't – it just – it doesn't necessarily – it doesn't really work that way. And the other thing is it was all the election of 2016 – it wasn't persuade anybody that Donald Trump was preferable to Hillary Clinton or Hillary Clinton was preferable to Donald Trump. It wasn't that. It was all to fire up their side. Everybody already had an opinion. Everybody had all the money that the Trump team at least spent on Facebook was about uh, getting their people out to vote. Have we heard from Rudy Giuliani yet? You know, I had him here on the show. We were quoted in the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal uh, wrote up the interview that Rudy is uh, – optimistic he's ready to fight and uh he's feeling pretty damn good about things and um you know he loves president trump but you know you know what donald what rudy giuliani hates he hates crime he hates crime and he said and i believe him on this if donald trump committed a crime i couldn't countenance that i'd i'd turn him in yeah yeah i believe him actually people say well he's lost himself no he hasn't there's a silly story in the times about Rudy went all in on Trump and just, uh, you know, and uh, it destroyed his legacy from not. No, this is his legacy. This is his most important contribution to America. 9-11 was great in terms of the response by Rudy. 9-11 was an awful day, but his performance was magnificent. He really was. He was a, a, a true leader. Um, but. You know, let's face it, he said the right things at the right time from the podium. And, yes, he directed resources and that kind of thing. And it, leadership sometimes is how you look and how you sound and you inspire confidence. What I'm just trying to say is what he's doing right now is harder. It's more important, more impactful, historically more significant. I'm not saying that 9-11 is small, but I'm just saying Rudy Giuliani compared to what he's doing now. And I think Rudy agrees with me on this. I think he agrees with me. He, by the way, sees all kinds of problems with the indictment. I'd like to play cut 11, please. Cut 11. She should resign if she doesn't know. She doesn't know the rules of the court. It would seem to me she should resign. Second, I don't think she realized that it's almost automatically removable. She's going to have it for about two days. It's automatically removable under 28 
USC 1442A, which I didn't mention until after she filed the indictment because I didn't want to alert her because I figure she's not much of a lawyer. And Mark was the first to take advantage of it. But uh, all of us can benefit by that, as well as the president. The, the basis of the statute is that all of this happened while he was president of the United States. Therefore, the rulings and the decisions and whatever comes out of this are going to set rules for the president. Well, that shouldn't be set by the states. It should be set by the federal government. So Congress has provided that when you bring a lawsuit like this, civil or criminal, it can be removed to the federal court. Not only that, they say it has to be construed liberally and broadly, meaning basically you have to do it. And finally, if it's denied, we can appeal it, which, as the judge knows, uh, means we get interlocutory appeal on this. So her idea of a trial in six months is equally as incompetent as the indictment she brought. Man, does that sound like a guy who doesn't know what he's doing? (laughs) Section code, paragraph what? He wants to get the state case kicked up to federal, and it looks like they made some pretty basic errors in this indictment. Good for Rudy Giuliani. And the other basic error they made, and I talked to Rudy about this yesterday, the mayor, that is, uh, they posted the silly indictment uh, online before they actually voted on it. Now we have the final explanation. This is a news report. Now, the clerk in this thing, I actually don't blame her. It's not her. It's not her doing. All right. She's the clerk. She's not a lawyer. But it reveals the malpractice of the lawyers. Listen to this local report out of Atlanta. You know what I'm talking about, right? Out yet the day before yesterday, we heard there's an indictment coming down. They posted an indictment for about 30 seconds on the county website, and then they took it down. And everybody's like, "What? They haven't even voted yet. That's wrong. You can listen to this. Cut 28, please." And Linda, Shay Alexander says she was under a lot of pressure to make sure this process went smoothly. There were no hiccups. She says in trying to be perfect, she made a mistake, and instead of hitting hitting save, she hit send. I am human. Fulton County Clerk of Court Shay Alexander says even though she's human, she strives for perfection. And that's how the mishap happened. The mishap was she inadvertently posted the indictment charges against former President Donald Trump, even though the grand jury was still deliberating Monday. That set off a media firestorm and had Trump's attorney saying prosecutors had no respect for the grand jury process. Alexander said this had nothing to do with the DA's office and there was nothing sinister about the mistake she made. I have no dog in the fight. She says in an effort to handle the indictment perfectly, she messed up. I did a work sample in the system and when I hit save, it went to the press queue. Some news reporters saw it before it was deleted. Alexander says what they saw was unofficial. It wasn't an official document. It wasn't official charges. It was the drive run. It was a work sample. Even though it had a case number, Alexander says it didn't have a stamp and other markings that would have made it official. I asked her why did she release a statement calling the document fictitious. That was the best word I could come up with. Um, It was fictitious. It wasn't real. It didn't have a stamp on it. Why didn't you say it was an error? She says fictitious was what her team came up with. We've been getting some calls. Her office has received calls and emails with threats. People saying, I'm coming to get you. Those threats have been forwarded to the sheriff's office. Alexander says she was under a lot of pressure to get this right. 
Now she says she just wants to explain what happened and get back to work. I tell my staff we just want to be transparent, right? And so I don't have anything to hide. And Alexander says her mistake had no uh, impact on the grand jury's decision. I asked her, how did she get her hands on those charges? She says she has access to that information as clerk of court. She says her office is taking those threats very seriously. Uh, well, uh, what do I think about this? I think uh, she's to be taken at her word. I have no problem with the clerk. Uh, it's the DA and their stuff and they leave the indictments laying around and all that stuff. And they, they write it up before they've even uh, had the jury vote. That's bad, but it's not her fault. And I do appreciate that she came clean. I mean, she just said the whole thing. Now, did they put her up to it? Did they give her the permission? Who knows? But I liked, there's something about her. I liked and the reporter too. That was a pretty thorough explanation. The one thing though, the one thing that got me, she's received threats. Like I'm coming to get you. Well, why didn't we see the threat? Why didn't we see it? Was there a voicemail? You can't you can't call the county and get through. These are either in emails or voicemail. How why didn't we see it? It was just a cheap attempt to make, you know, they think, oh yeah, the MAGA people, right? The MAGA you gotta be afraid of the MAGA people. After January sixth, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA bad, right? MAGA extremists. I'm MAGA and proud, and nobody should be threatened. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's uh, very cool. Very cool. I really, I mean, wow. What other president? You know, President Trump, retruth me on the Truth Social platform. He's got a big quote from me and a big clip of a video I made. And uh, he quotes me. I say, that's huge. A real game changer in terms of information. It really turns upside down everything the Democrats said about January 6th and this latest federal indictment. And then there's a video to the whole uh, thing that I went through, uh, and it's on Donald Trump's True Social. Thank you very much, Mr. President. James Flippin, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, Greg, good afternoon. Anything you want to ask me about my uh, my um, my viral moment? Yeah, I mean, how does it feel to, to go viral? Well, know. James, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, it actually is uh, no big whoop, to be honest. It's it's flattering, you know what I mean? But it, 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 it dissipates very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It goes away very quickly. And, yeah, like a sugar and, high. A little bit like that. You know what I mean? It's not, then you got to get back to work. You know what I mean? It's like so, uh, but it's cool when it happens and I'll always have it. I usually take a screen grab of these things and I'll show, I'll show little Lisey someday, the three year old Lisey when she's old enough to, uh, appreciate Twitter, which is probably going to be, uh, before she's four. <laughs> uh, they're finding out things so fast. All right, James, what is happening? All right, Greg. Well, there's a wild story from Long Island that unfolded yesterday in Belmore where a man was waving a gun in the middle of an intersection. Wait a second. Fired off a shot. Wait, wait, wait. I thought it was a woman. Well, that's part of the story. Originally, it was reported that it was a woman who was waving a gun and had fired off a shot. Uh, matter of fact, when the police commissioner, Patrick Ryder, gave his press briefing today, he said a female suspect, a woman, a she, a her, whatever. You know, the whole pronouns thing gets a little sticky these days, but... The she's a, a he. The yes. she's a he. Yes. All right, but doesn't really matter. I mean, uh, okay, shooting in the middle of an intersection, that's wrong. What was uh, he, she shooting at? Well, uh, fired a shot into the air, as a matter of fact. I got a picture here where uh, she, he is holding it to her head. Yeah, that was after the fact. Uh, shot was fired into the air, sort of backing away. In the middle of a busy intersection, the suspect holds the gun directly to his head. And what did the cops do? 
Well, the cop car actually got spurred into action and sideswiped the suspect, knocked him to the ground. On purpose. Yes. Officers then kind of swarmed him, got him in handcuffs, took the gun, and then, you know, off camera, uh, the person is arrested, more or less. This is all social media. Again, we're talking about X or Twitter or whatever. This is a bystander who took this video. Very, very clear. They must have been just kind of alongside the road. I'm going to look up the video. I have, I've only seen stills. What, uh, what uh, town did you say? This was in Be- North Belmore. North Belmore car. That you should do it. Bel- is B- Belmore with an E? Belmore? No. Uh, Belmore. It's an E at the end. Car. Yeah, I know that. I think it's Bell. All right, here it is. I'm looking at it. Hold on. I'm going to call it up. Yeah, that's definitely a he. Oh, by the way, that's not a she. That's, that's definitely trans. There is language on this. And there, by the way, just okay, I'll turn it down. Oh, yep. Pointing the gun at everybody. And oh, <laughs> you should have warned me. <laughs> okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay, hit by the cop car, but he she gets right back up on the on the feet. That doesn't mean not badly hurt, and then and then handcuffed. Hmm. I guess getting hit by a car is better than getting uh, getting hit by a police car is better than getting hit by a police bullet. That is true. I would think so. Yeah. Well, consider yourself lucky, ma'am, sir, whatever. Uh, and don't do that. That's against the law. It's harmful to you and everybody else. Well done, police. We'll be right back. James, don't go away. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, tomorrow is four months, four months to my birthday, December 17th. I don't like to talk about my birthday, but it's a gift to myself. I want to be about uh, 20 pounds lighter and ripped. Can I do it? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 20 pounds. I mean, the, the, the first 10, you know, you, that, that just throws off. And then the last 10, you just work a little harder. Yeah. The first, the first 10 just rolls off and then you got to work a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I started uh, working out again this week, or last couple of weeks. You know, every now and then. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, but I'm like, I don't know. I look at these guys on Instagram. They're doing something, and I think it's, I would never do it, but some of these guys are on roids. You can't, yeah. get, you can't get that rip naturally. Well, that's what they talk about. It's either you're natty or you're uh, on something, right? What's natty? Natural, I guess. Oh. That's the best. Oh, natural, as they used to say in the 70s. Hey, one other thing. Um I love it actually that the the left is really 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 starting to pick on me and uh it's I wear it like a badge of honor. I mean, it's not quite, you know, as honorable as getting indicted by a corrupt prosecutor, but it's not bad and Media Matters is all upset uh because I think I said it on this show. It, actually, it, yeah, it, I said I said the following and they wrote up this whole big thing with a quote. MediaMatters.org is a left-wing uh media watchdog group. And they sit around watching uh, conservatives all day long trying to get them in trouble. And uh, they don't understand that this actually, I'm proud of this. I'm proud. I said, I don't think anybody knows what happened in Maui. And here's the direct quote that they're, they're trying to hang me on. Greg Kelly, everything is crazy right now. For instance, you know what happened in Maui? Actually, I don't think anybody knows what happened in Maui. This was a forest fire? I'm sorry. It doesn't look like one to me. I noticed in the early stages of this disaster, no one was really, excuse me, talking about the cause. It was just, well, this is horrible, a horrible fire. But how did it start? Power lines? There are a lot of strange patterns that people are noticing. I don't think we have the full story yet. Can you imagine that like somebody would be offended by that and actually go to the trouble of recording it and then doing a transcription and then putting on the website and then 
asking people to comment. And I mean, uh, like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not surprised, actually, that people would react that way because it seems as though with a lot of these events that in some way, shape, and form can be attributed to uh, natural events or something that happens like a wildfire, if it's in any way potentially linked to climate change, people don't like if you suggest there could be anything else behind that. They want it to be climate change, and if I suggest something else is involved, they get all antsy. That's what I've seen. I've seen that okay. with those that, kinds that, of stories. That makes a little bit uh, – that makes some sense, yeah. And uh, look, the other thing is <laughs> – the UFO hearings they just have. They keep shoving down these UFOs down our throats. So there are all kinds of uh, uh, machines flying around uh, uh, 10 times the speed of sound. We don't know where they came from, what they did, and we don't know what – this fire is very strange. I mean, could there be a link? It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not. You can try to diminish us. You can try to make fun of us. You know, when there, when when people you know are in private, you'd be really uh, surprised what they have to say. You know, and maybe not in private. Mm-hmm. People you know, just like, don't know. No, no, no. All the data doesn't suggest that. Well, you know, I'm sorry. The book hasn't been written yet. Very true. All yeah. right, James. Anything else on this uh, situation in the with the uh, with the trans individual with a gun in Long Island? All I know is that the individual's been charged with reckless endangerment and menacing, and they're supposed to go in front of a judge this afternoon. They also have a previous arrest record. Reckless, Burglary and trespassing. Reckless, well, that was menacing. You take a gun and you point it at somebody, that's menacing. I tell you what, she's lucky she got hit by that car. She's lucky the cops used that uh, as a weapon as opposed to uh, something else. And uh, where is that? North Belmore. That's a little bit odd for North Belmore, right? I mean, you would know Long Island better than I would, but, yeah, I, I know uh, I was asking your producer, Rich, and he said, I don't know. It's about 15 minutes away from me. He said everywhere on Long Island is about 15 minutes away from me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's 15 minutes away. I've never been there. I, I, why, why would I go? It's 15 minutes away. Uh, I've been through North Belmore. It's a fine community, and uh, I have not known, I have not uh, heard of any transgenders walking through there with guns and intersections, major intersections, at 1030 in the morning. This is weird. But everybody's a little bit high-strung these days. All right, what else? Uh, let's see. We've got permanent outdoor dining here in the city now. Skip that. What else? We've also got uh, a protest tonight at Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility in Queens Village, where uh, actually our own WABC Curtis Sliwa host, he's uh, planning to chain himself to the entrance. Uh, yeah, he stirred up the whole thing. I love it. He's going to chain himself to the That's entrance. That's what it says. What do you mean? <laughs> That's his plan. He's going to lock himself to the entrance of the uh, facility there. The, uh, the gate, I guess. Padlock. Can we make an arrangement with the cops to keep him there overnight? <laughs> Just let him. Well, somebody's going to have to host the show at uh, noon, though, tomorrow. That's the problem. Uh, well, yeah, let him go in the morning. Yeah, all right. They'll they'll, they'll no, give him no, a... No. Uh... We love Curtis, and I love what he's doing. I love... Uh, I, uh... <laughs> but actually, you know, yesterday at Brooklyn Borough Hall, Mayor Adams was addressing what's going on with the migrants, and he said that, you know, New Yorkers should resist any desire to uh, side with the enemy on this Wait, who the hell issue. said what? Mayor Adams. Oh, screw that comments. guy, too. I'm not, I, I have no interest in what he says. All he's doing is trying to uh, do whatever it takes to keep the cameras on himself. Mm. That's, that's all. He has no strategy. It's just the tactics of how do I say something that the papers will notice? Right? Which I guess happened. And yeah. he plays games with the New York Post. He's got them kind of wrapped around his finger. And, I, you know, he... 
he engages in um, uh, crazy policies. He encourages all of this. And then in the middle of it, he says, there are too many absentee black fathers. And everybody's like, wow, what an amazing thing. I can't believe he said that. The truth. And he gets credit for that. It's a game. Mm-hmm. It's a scam. Uh, like everything else in his life. So no more Eric Adams. And uh, uh, New York actor Alec Baldwin may not be out of the woods with that uh, shooting death on the set of Rust in New Mexico. New forensic analysis of the gun involved suggests that the trigger was actually pulled. And Baldwin has repeatedly denied that that happened. Eh, they're not going to indict him now. You had a prosecutor standing there. You know, prosecutor said a prosecutor let him go. And said they did their own thing and they talked to the FBI. What's this new test? What's this new? Uh, just all I'm hearing is forensic analysis of some kind. I know. From whom, though? From Alec Baldwin's? Uh, from, no, from, not from Alec Baldwin. I know. It's probably from uh, the family that's suing him. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. All right. Now, I don't like Alec Baldwin. He's a crazy hothead, homophobe jerk, and he should have been. I don't like people getting canceled, but he should have been canceled a long time ago. That guy, that guy sounded off about his uh, lust for Justice Kavanaugh to be assassinated, and everybody got a big chuckle out of it. Oh, ho, 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 that's just Alec Baldwin. I'm Alec Baldwin. I, uh, yeah, that's not a good Alec yeah, It was pretty good, I thought. Right. Anything else? Uh, you an Elvis fan? I know he died today yeah. in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was alive. I remember where I was. I was in uh, uh, Virginia or North Carolina. I think it was North Carolina. My father was on active duty for the Marine Corps, for two weeks, and we were all down there. That was a crazy summer, the summer of Sam, 1977. I was like six, I think. And, That's uh, right. Yeah, that was the really big blackout. Berkowitz, David Berkowitz shooting all those people. Um, the Yankees were on fire. Yep. There was a crazy blackout. The music was awesome. Mm-hmm. The music, I mean, just the disco. I was actually into it at the time. I yeah. liked the music. And it was a colorful, interesting, fascinating time. And um, what else happened that summer? The space shuttle flew for the first time. The practice one, the Enterprise, wow. the one that's at the uh, Intrepid now. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mr. Katsimatidis, sir, we're good. He may have heard us talking about the UFOs. You know, he knows a lot about this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Katsimatidis, of course, the owner and operator of WABC and a million other businesses that we that we so appreciate. All right. So wait. Speaking of the uh, Intrepid, oh, by the way, the anniversary of its commission. Today. Is so, it really? Yep. It's celebration so today on the West Mr. Side. Mr. Casamitidis, welcome to your studio. Well, it's your studio right now between 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. <laughs> well, I am a tenant. You are the owner. Sir, please have a seat. Uh, we, you know, we were just talking about the Maui fires. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, we don't have the full answer about what happened. But forgive me, uh, is there anything that you want to talk about? Any, what's on your mind? It's whatever you want to talk about. You know, I was uh, strolling through the second floor here, and uh, and I saw you. I decided to wave, and I stopped in for a few minutes. And um, look, Maui is a is a big problem. I don't think they know what started the fire. Uh, of course, they're going to blame the electric company. You know why? Deep pockets. You know, if they sue anybody, they want to make sure you never want to sue somebody that they can't afford to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> but is it? Uh, are they guilty? Who knows? You know, uh, it was a horrific fire. How did it start? Nobody knows. It's weird, too. The patterns, like the streets are not burned. Did you notice that? They, they, yeah. they, they're pointing out the buildings are crushed, but the streets are fine. Cars like that. Hey, Vivek Ramaswamy, he's been here a couple of times. He is impressing the hell out of people. He's, you know, now he's in- a very smart guy. 
but is he ready to be president of the United States? And that's a different question. I would have said no, like three months ago. I would have said no last week, but there's something about him. He's kind of meeting the moment. I don't know. What, what did you well, think Chris of him? Chris when- Christie is coming up on the polls real fast. Oh, boy. Well, uh, you know. He now leads DeSantis in the most recent Emerson College poll. He leads DeSantis. He does. Uh, that's interesting. And uh, what's going to happen with uh, President Trump? Who knows? Anything can but happen. But let me tell you something. I mean, these indictments to me, I think it's wrong. And I think somebody in the Democratic Party should stand up and say, look, enough is enough. You know, you want you want a... Uh, you want to know how the people feel? Just wait 15 more months when the election happens in 2024 and see how the people feel. Is there any Democrat that you can think of on the scene right now who would do that? Well, you know, Robert Kennedy. Uh, I knew his, uh, uh, his father and, uh, and I know his, uh, sisters and I know his, his friends. Look, at least he's making some common sense. Yeah. Where, where President Biden, I'm disappointed in him because he's making less common sense. It would be great if there were Robert F. Kennedy. Right. I could see him saying that. I bet. Uh, where was it? We just need a heavyweight on that side. More consensus. Cons- and the, somebody in the middle. It's so outrageous what's happening. I know the Democrats, some of them know it and that they're so weak or coward or they hate Trump so much. Trump derangement's a real thing, isn't it? Uh, the hate factor. I've never seen a hate factor like I've seen in the last couple of years. And, and it's wrong, you know? Hey, if you don't like Donald Trump, don't vote for him. Mm-hmm. You know? There are people that love him. There are people that hate him. Because um, well, it's 15 or 16 months away from the election. I think everybody should just calm down and let things sort themselves out. Let the debates happen. You See think, what happens. You think you should go to the debate? It's next week, the Fox debate. I know a lot of people are telling him don't go. And uh, I would say, uh, you know, how many people are going to have in a debate? At least five and? or six, seven. Uh, I, no, there are some people who are not going to make it. I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, gosh, Asa Hutchinson is not going to make it. Nikki Haley is going to make it. Pence is going to make it. Um uh, Christie's going to make it. Who else is not going to make it? There are a couple of others, I Vice think. Vice President Pence is going to make it? What about Tim Scott? Tim Scott's going to make it. All right, so it's going to be like seven or eight people. Well, then then, then Trump says, why should I subject myself? I, uh, you put all the rest of them put together, I got more uh, uh, more uh, more votes than they do. And he could live tweet it. That's what I would do. Just sit back and make fun of them while they debate. Just say things about them, and I think he could be pretty good at that. Um. I, you know, like I said, uh, and what I've said to my friends, let things sort themselves out. Let, you know, it, it's still 14, 15 months. A lot of things are going to happen. On that, on the other side, Democrats, I mean, it looks like you saw Joe Biden couldn't get Maui straight. I mean, it's embarrassing. I'm very, very disappointed in President Biden. I'm very disappointed how he's handling the borders. I'm very disappointed how he's handling the fentanyl situation. Uh, I'm just, our allies abroad, uh, Saudi Arabia is, uh, very, uh, you know, an ally forever. Very disappointing. Who's it gonna, I mean. And the fact that with Iran, 
giving them $6 billion, I mean, enough is enough. I mean, uh, and this migrant situation, you know, at what point do you stop? There's talk of Joe Biden being, you know, asked to step down or not run again. To me, it's it's I, I there's no way, no way he can be the candidate. No way. They'd have to replace him with somebody. I think it could be Michelle Obama. Do you have any ideas? What do you think of the Michelle Obama idea? I mean, we just know this can't last for, forever, right? Well, Michelle Obama, I, I, I don't remember. I don't think she's ever said that I want to run. But you, you know, could. this is, this is just, uh, theories that people just come up with and say, let's, what's the discussion of the day? Let's discuss Michelle Obama. <laughs> hey, well, I got, we got to talk about something. But, <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, the, the, the worst, what's, who's even worse than, than, uh, President Biden, I think is Newsom. Oh, yeah. From, uh, from California. California is, is, in, has problems. I mean, look at San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, you want to cry. When you see what happened to San Francisco, they call him the pretty boy. He's got the hair. He's got these uh, n- n- nice fit and trim, but I think he's an airhead. Yeah, and 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 way too way too left, way too liberal. Uh, John, we're supposed to go to a commercial break, Mister Cat. Will you stay beyond? Thank you. Uh, I'll stay for a few more minutes. Wonderful, wonderful. We'll be right back with John Katzimatidis. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I understand that you don't want to talk to me now. I just want to bring some facts to your attention and talk to you as a fellow Republican. What a kind and polite voicemail message left by America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani for some state legislator. And they indicted him for that. That is that thing you just heard, John, Mr. Katsimatidis. That's one of that is a crime, according to the Atlanta prosecutor, that he left that voicemail. Well, it's 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 crazy the fact that the all the news networks are saying uh, Georgia indicts uh, Giuliani, Georgia indicts Trump. It wasn't Georgia; it was a small county in Georgia. It's like the joke I was telling yesterday on the on the five o'clock show was: it's like Andy Griffin having Mayberry Mayberry. North Carolina indict the president of the United States and, and 18 of his lawyers. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at what point do, do people stand up and say, guys, enough is enough. If the man is guilty, uh, then let's prove it. I mean, no, no president of the United States in 250 years has ever uh, been indicted like there was a time, believe it or not, everybody, and you can vouch for this, John, where Hillary Clinton was not a crazy person. Hillary Clinton was about cared about security and freedom and New York. Fair uh, enough. Uh, well, I look twenty years I, ago. I, I, so I say it uh, all the time. Uh, I thought Bill Clinton was one of the best presidents. I think your father would agree with me. I would love it instead of you know cackling and giggling as she was the other night on. Uh, Rachel Maddow about this indictment, which is an atrocity and it's a horrible scar on America right now. That somebody of her stature, I don't regard her very highly, or Bill Clinton, somebody would stand up and say, you know, this is wrong on that side. And Robert F. Kennedy, uh, he's biased because he's running himself. Somebody, somebody of good character. Well, Hillary Clinton did say something. There was something in the uh, newspapers. Did you see the article she, in the paper? She said it was sad, but she didn't say it was like, don't, this is wrong. She didn't say it was wrong, did she? She didn't say it was wrong. I thought a, she said it was wrong. 
Well, the other night I saw her on Maddow, and she's she's giggling. She wants this. I, I think she wants this. The Democrats want it. They want they they'll get great satisfaction. Do you think the Democrats want Donald Trump to run, or Democrats don't want Donald Trump to run? What do you think it is? Oh, I've heard that theory that they want to screw him up so badly with these indictments, and they know it's going to help him. They want him to be the candidate. I don't believe that. I believe they thought indictment number one was going to take him out, that no person could run for president when they're under indictment. Certainly not two indictments, not three indictments, not four indictments, and they are... They are totally perplexed, beyond perplexed. They are, they, they, they're, they just are astonished that, that Trump has improved in the polls and is beating Biden. Here's the Daily Mail article. Let me see. What does it say? Hillary Clinton says it is a terrible moment for the country as Trump is accused of these terribly important crimes during interview on the same night Georgia returned 10 indictments. Now she's saying, but John, I think this is kind of, a perfunctory statement. She's not coming out and saying that they made a mistake, that Fulton County shouldn't be doing this. She thinks it's horrible. You know, let me look here that, that, that Donald, that it's come to this. Uh, here's Hillary Clinton. She said, he set out to defraud the United States of America and the citizens of our nation. Uh, she added, wait to see what the indictments themselves say, but I don't know that anybody should be satisfied. This is a terrible moment for our country to have a former president accused of these terribly important crimes. The only satisfaction may be that the system is working. She's okay with this. This is she well, said that also after she was laughing. She would laugh for a button that she realized. I don't think it's. I, I'm not okay with this. I, I think it's wrong to, to to do this to a former president. And uh, if if somebody's upset with the former president, it should be the attorney general that brings the charges, not not. Uh, uh, small little DAs in Mayberry, North Carolina. <laughs> Mr. Katsimatidis, excellent point. Excellent radio station. We thank you. And uh, see John, hear John at 5 o'clock this afternoon. I'll see you tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.